Welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Bharat Oza. Alongside me, you'll hear from Joe Arco, Sarah Fennell, and Ken Sylvan. Each episode, you will have a combination of us sharing our 70-plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Stress Reduced Fat Loss Podcast. And I am Bharat and my co-host, Sarah are talking today about a very interesting topic. We are chatting about primal pattern type dieting mm-hmm. or diet typing. Diet typing. Yes. So we're going to chat about a, a style of, we can say dieting. Um, I don't like that word. I feel like it's been skewed, uh, but basically the diet, diet just means the way that you eat. Right. Um, and I think a lot of uh, trainers and nutritionists, especially when working with weight loss clients, think that it's just calories in calories out and aren't looking at what we're going to chat about today, which is macronutrient ratios of foods. Yeah. And even just the, the nutrients, right? Are you getting the right nutrients and not just hitting those macros, but you're still nutrient deficient? Yes. Yeah. I think that matters massively. Mm -hmm. Even as, as myself, someone who's been through the fitness industry and competing, um, in that field of body transformations and trying out different things, you know, for my body with different shows, whether it's higher fats, higher carbs, you know, we can move around these, uh, macronutrients. And when we say macronutrients, if you aren't familiar, it, it means carbs, fats, and proteins, uh, micronutrients are, uh, trace minerals, minerals, vitamins. Uh, and so I know a lot of people mostly focus on macros when it comes to the, the weight loss industry. Uh, but there's so much more that goes into it than just decreasing calories. Yeah. And I think it's important to realize, and I don't think enough, the average person doesn't know this is a lot of the things that we know about dieting and fat loss has come from the bodybuilding community, right from, you know, way back in the fifties, sixties. And it's really important for people to understand that the same principles do apply to some extent, but then if you're an average person who's not training the way they did, um, you know, not devoting three to four to five hours a day into training five to six days a week, though not all of those principles apply to you. You know, I think that's really important to understand because I think a lot of men and women think of it as, well, it works for them. That's how they do it. So it should happen for me. Yeah. Right. But if you have only time to train 30 minutes a day, four times a week, you can't do the same food principles as they do when they're competing, you know, mm-hmm. not even just their entire life. It's just the, those 12 to 16 weeks, what they're doing is not the end all be all of fat loss. And I think that's really important for uh, the average person to understand that and for coaches to understand that so they can communicate that to their clients. Yeah, absolutely. And even looking at, you you said it perfectly, the 12 to 16 weeks, it's it's a container for different styles of eating and, and there's a lot of restrictions there. And, you know, the big thing that we like to get across to, you know, even, even clients, even students, coaches, trainers you know, moving a client into a lifestyle, like what's going to be sustainable. Um, you know, I think we know what it's like when you put it, you know, when you put someone, or if we've even put ourselves into a container of restriction for a short, short amount of time, it never usually ends up staying that way because it is so restrictive and just unrealistic. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can you can hit the gas only for so long. At some point, you're going to back off. And then what? And if your system's not vital and thriving and healthy, and it's not functioning the way it should, it's going to break most likely. Yeah. Uh, this is why in the transformation mentorship, we teach students how to assess a client for their primal pattern type. And, you know, we'll get into what primal pattern typing is, um, the three different categories of it, uh, and then how one should be eating for each category. Uh, but really this comes, this comes down to what I said was the ratios of macronutrients. So is it more carb-based? Is it more protein-based, more fat-based? Maybe it's a mix-based. There's all these different combinations, uh, of ratios. And why are there different combinations of ratios? I think because on the genetic level, we all, and again, we, not that everyone knows the exact genetic makeup, but um, Weston A. Price, he was a dentist who went around the world to study dental health in all these different tribes back then. And he, he found that the more people stuck with their, uh, the, the foods that were available in their area and that they were used to, their health was great. And the, the, their uh, dental health was awesome. And the more they deviated from it, uh, especially with you know, a, a Western influence, um, their health started deteriorating, their teeth started deteriorating. So <clears throat> there's, he categorized everything as three, you know, three major, uh, I guess you could say, uh, categories where you could say if your genetics or you come from a lineage where you were closer to the poles or closer to the equator, these, this is the way that would generally work really well for you to thrive. Um, so that's, I think a lot of it has to do with some of the genetic side of things. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you, you go back to our hunter gatherer days, you go back to where, um, transformation, transportation and uh, travel was not like it is now. I mean, I can fly halfway across the world and be eating in a different culture, tonight, if I wanted to, uh, you know, back from a biological perspective as humans, you only ate what you said there, Barat, of what was within your culture. And you look at the genetic component, like you were talking about before of, you know, my mother gave birth to me and she has genetics based on usually what she was eating within her region, meaning I should be eating what she was eating, which was in with within that region. Yeah. And, and so you look at how scattered across the world that we are, how we're not living, um, you know, within communities or tribes that stick to where their uh, vegetation is. Um, and we just have so much, so much abundance, but it, at, the, at the cost of our health at times. Yeah. And even just, I guess, interracial uh, marriages. And, you know, there's so many people that are, have different lineages now. So it's not just a lot of people, it may not be straightforward where, oh, I just eat this way or I just eat that way. This is where maybe cycling the way you eat comes into practice. And uh, we're going to talk about mixed types uh, where they can cycle through different ways of eating. So yeah. Um, yeah, those are all factors that have that are definitely affecting us now and how we should be eating. Yeah. You also look at how new North America is compared to the rest of the world uh, and, and how poor our health is compared to the rest of the world as well, uh, of just so, um, you know, so much immigration, you know, at, you know, unless we are native, we are all immigrants to this country in some form or another. Uh, let's, let's chat about the varying degrees from, you know, from North pole to South pole and, you know, getting to the equator there, uh, and, and what you've seen over the years or what you've studied with how these different areas should be eating. Yeah. So, um, 
Paul Check, who you know, I'm, uh, hopefully everyone knows who Paul Check is, but he's like the OG in the in the holistic health uh, field. Um, he studied Weston A. Price's work. He studied, uh, I believe his name is Bill Wilcott, I think, who came up with the metabolic diet typing. Um, and then he's come out with the primal pattern where when you look at it, it it's, you know, there's people close to the equator, sorry, the poles, and there's people close to the equator, and then there's in between. So obviously it, that exists on a spectrum. Um, and so does the geography then. The geography changes, which means the food changes. Um, so people that tend to be more, let's say, like the Inuits, right? Like they're closer to the poles. Um, they don't have much vegetables available or fruits available. They're literally relying on a lot of seafood or let's say polar bears, things like that, and purely on their meat and the fats. So they're so they're, they're dominantly consuming proteins and fats. Um, and they're fine. That's what keeps them the healthiest. And even now, when you see communities which are there, when they're starting to eat those, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, Western foods, um, it's really causing a lot of health issues in their community, from heart issues to, you know, blood pressure and all these different things, uh, inflammation-related issues. Uh, but the closer you're to the pole, higher fats, higher proteins seem to work for those people because that's what's typically available. And then as you go a little lower, and this could be, you know, just as you go slightly away, let's say, for example, Iceland. Uh, when I went to Iceland, there's a joke that Icelanders say. There's, they say there's more sheep in Iceland than human beings. <laughs> uh, it's kind of true because everywhere I went, it was like, holy crap, other than city, obviously. Uh, but whenever I went outside of the city, it was like, how many sheep do you guys have? But they have that available for their geography. But they're also relying on a lot of whale hunting. Uh, a lot of seafood uh, because that's their location and the temperature allows them to do that. They don't grow too much. Like agriculture is not a big deal. I remember going there to a, uh, what's it called? Like a greenhouse kind of thing where they could really only grow the weather, the systems, whatever they have could only grow tomatoes and cucumbers. That's really what they only grow there. Everything else is imported. So that's their geography and that's the kind of soil they have. It's all lava soil. And then that's the kind of foods that they have available. So they rely on that. Now, as you go lower, you start getting into closer to the equator. And that's where, uh, I guess, the closest you are to the equator, you have more access to fruits and root vegetables and even uh, grains. And so you see those communities tend to rely on that more than, let's say, animal protein. Um, but then there's the in-between, there's the, which you know, is somewhere us. between the poles and the equator are people that are like, Hey, we're the mixed type. We can handle almost all those macros, the proteins, fats, and carbs almost equally because it's almost equally available. Right. And so if you look at somewhere in North America, we're somewhere there where we have agricultural land, we have enough wildlife. And so we can if you're native, then you you have access to all of that. Um, so that's the, the the three main categories. If if I had to break it down, yeah, um, it's and yeah, North America, we're right in the middle, and so uh, and I think we have access to a lot of things even outside of our own country with the importing, um, with how developed we are as a country, and you know, there's 
a part of me that's very grateful for being so developed as a country, but then also getting so far away from natural roots or even natural food, um, so much convenience available to us that can hinder our health as well. Uh, I've even noticed during different seasons of living in North America. I love smoothies, um, but come January, I can't do a smoothie for breakfast. I'm craving something warm um, that's not so uh, light, uh, that is more for, uh, you know, in those spring and summer months. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to be aware of too, right? It's one of the ways your body's talking to you. And uh, I've said this many times, I personally think because we're so disconnected from the seasons and we're so disconnected from you know, even the daily circadian rhythm, that's that's one of the first reasons why we are so sick as a population. Um, so I think if even if we just start aligning and listening to our bodies, you know, when the weather's changing or when the season's changing, I think if we just start listening to that and align ourselves to that, that alone uh, can definitely heal our, our systems. Yes. Um, and this is why we love talking about holistic health. Um, you know, it's not one of us are the same. We'll show different symptoms. We'll, you know, uh, respond to different healing methods better and really just listening to your body, um, getting out of that dieting mentality, getting out of such strict containers, um, that we need to hold ourselves in, um, because someone says that this helps someone lose weight. Uh, and, you know, I think, this is a really great course or um, like action to take with a client. If, if you've restricted calories, you're doing quote unquote, all the right things, start looking at quality of foods. And then what is the primal pattern type of this person? Uh, you know, as an, you know, we'll, we'll list off the three types right now, which are um, protein type, carb type, and mix type, which is a mix of carbs and proteins. And myself, as an example, I'm a carb type. And for a lot of times I was eating keto, which is that protein type, uh, higher fats. And it made me tired. Like it made me really tired. Um, you know, weight wasn't an issue, but all these other symptoms that were popping up in the body and, you know, woohoo, I get to eat a lot of carbs and it makes me feel better. And, you know, these are one of the things, and if we're not getting these answers for ourselves, we're just guessing at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's go through a chat about each of those types. Um, we'll start with carb type because we were talking about that. And so what is defined as a carb type? So generally, this is someone that does very well with higher starches. So that's your root vegetables, maybe some grains, fruits. Um, they, they do really well from a metabolic standpoint and even possibly a body composition standpoint where they can have about almost 40 to 50% of their calories coming from carbs. Um, and then the rest is proteins and the remaining maybe 10, 15% is fats. Mm -hmm. So those are people that do very well when they eat that way. Yes. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I was on one, uh, a call with our mentorship clients the other week. And uh, a, one of the students was asking how accurate is this primal pattern typing? Um, and I said, well, I actually had genetic testing done, which showed I was 94% carb tolerant, hundreds the best. So 94, woohoo, gold star. Um, but my fat tolerance was 8%. And, and I said that to him and he goes, okay, good. I had it done too. And mine matched up as well. And so it, it's it, even from a genetic or even just a questionnaire, you know, chatting with symptoms and how a client feels after eating different types of foods. Uh, it was cool to see those two link up. Yeah, it's, it's very, very effective. Uh, and it's, it's a simple questionnaire. It's about 12, 13 questions, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's enough information to give you a good idea of what your starting macros 
should be, or again, there's different factors that we also review during the assessment, uh, but it's either that's your starting macros or that's where you want to get to. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, what's a protein type? Explain that. Protein type, again, that would be someone who has some kind of genetics from people that are close to the pole. So there are people who can do about 50% of proteins in their diet, even higher sometimes, uh, you know, like maybe 60, 70% even. And the rest is mostly fats, uh, which again, just to be careful, it's not keto. Uh, it's, it's still a very, very high percentage of proteins. And then the rest is fats. And then there's very little 10, maybe 10, 15% is starches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those are, and even those starches, I would say those people do best with like fibrous carbs, not even starch. Uh, so at least uh, when they're cycling through the nutrition, they would start off probably with more fibrous carbs and then transition maybe into some starch. Yeah. That would make sense too. If there's so much protein and fat intake, like what's your bulking agent through the digestive tract? Yeah. 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 And then a mixed type, explain that. Mixed type, they can handle all. They're like probably the most flexible people. Uh, and for those people, I find it's it's important to cycle through. They could do phases of higher carbs and then do phases of higher proteins. Um, yeah, they can enjoy both sides of the equation. Yeah, they get to have their cake and eat it too. <laughs> Not <Yep>. literally, but <laughs> right, right. Yes. And so, what have you seen? You know, in the trenches, working with clients of finding out someone's primal pattern and and making shifts to their diet. Uh, what alleviations have you seen, or things you've heard from clients? I think, first of all, as a practitioner, it removes, it's again, another tool to remove guesswork. Just like all the other uh, assessments that we do, this gives us another, hmm, okay, this is a protein type. Good. Now, looking at their blood sugar, looking at their thyroid, looking at all the other factors, how does that add up? Can I start them off here? Or is there is that where I need to get them? Um, so it removes a lot of guesswork and the feedback's always been positive. Um, rarely have we had someone that's like, Hey, I don't feel good on this. Or, uh, my sleep is disrupted since I started eating this way. And usually that's a matter of like some other factors getting in the way for them, whether again, it could be a, a bowel movement issue. It could be a stress issue. It could be a detoxification issue. It could be a fungal issue. Um, but I would say 9.5 out of 10 times, uh, it's very accurate once we know the primal pattern and we know great because with each primal pattern in our mentorship, we actually teach people, Hey, try this method with this client. Uh, this might work better for a carb type versus a protein type uh, versus a mixed type. So whenever we start doing those strategies, we've had fantastic results with people. Yeah. Have you also found that without even decreasing calories, just moving around these macronutrients has really helped? massively. And, and the thing about our, the way we practice this, we don't even track calories where I would say again, 9.9% of the time, uh, sorry, 99.9% of the time, people are eating way more than they were before they start working with us. Yes. Um, so calories are already higher, but also the nutrient content is higher. So not only are the calories going up, but also the nutrition is going up. Um, Because you could eat a, I don't know, a Big Mac and get all your calories, but you're still nutrient deficient. And so when we uh, design someone's nutrition based on the primal pattern and make sure they're getting not only higher calories, but also higher um, nutrients, the the results are fantastic. Just the the system finally starts working properly. It gets out of that state of fight or flight, which allows them to then heal. 
Yeah. Which is what the whole like stress, reduce fat loss, like stress, reduce vitality and health, you know, however you want to word that, uh, anything going against how the body naturally wants to function is stress. Uh, And I think a lot of people might even think of stress as like, oh, I had a busy day at work or there's a busy schedule or something going on with the kids or an emotional issue. There's so much stress that happens internally uh, when we are disrupting that homeostasis within the body. Hello, fellow health junkie, Sarah here. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to jump in and let you know about a free resource that we've created for you. We want to give you the number one protocol that all result-driven holistic coaches and practitioners give to get insane results with their clients. Results like easing digestive issues, increased physical and mental energy, accelerated weight loss, reduced inflammation weight, clearer, brighter skin, and a better sense of well-being. Go to www.transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. Let us know your name and email address, and we'll send you a detailed manual explaining this protocol, how to coach your clients through this phase, food replacement lists, and client tools and resources so that you can get an action right away. Transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. I've also left you a link in our show notes. Let's get back to the episode. Um. So when someone is not eating for their primal pattern typing, like what is exactly happening inside the body? I think part of it is the, the, the system. It's almost like, um, you know, installing an app from, I don't know, that's supposed to be on an Android and you're trying to put it on your Apple phone. It's not going to work. And the way it happens in people's systems is it could change their bowel movement. It could change their mood, their energy, their sleep. Like you said, when you were, you were eating a certain way, it made you tired instead of actually feeling like, oh, I feel good. So these are all things. And it could show up in so many different ways. For some people, um, you know, it could show up as a skin issue, maybe acne, maybe, you know, um, fatigue and bloating or whatever. So these signs start showing up in their system. And for some people, it could just show up as body fat. Just, hey, I don't know what happened, but in the last X months, my weight's starting to go up. But that probably started probably a year ago, you know, where the composition started changing because it this, that particular way of eating doesn't work for them at all. Yes. Um, now, something I want to mention is also it depends on all the other factors. So um, primal patterns, not end-all, be-all. We do all these other assessments and we look at all those other factors where whether it's hormonal, training, um, I just did a consultation yesterday with someone who's a protein type, but she's been diagnosed with uh, Hashimoto's, her thyroid's not been great. Uh, the history that she told me with, you know, she was on a kind of like an HCG diet where they eat two meals a day and then they take HCG, something like that for like six weeks. And she wasn't feeling good. It brought her weight down temporarily, but then it shot up. So now knowing that she has a history of under eating, I don't want to treat her as a protein type completely. I need her to start including a lot more starches in her diet, also to support thyroid. So I'm starting her off treating her as a carb type, but my goal is to eventually help her metabolism be able to handle a protein type nutrition plan. Yes. So it's important to understand that there are other factors, um, but it's still, again, a nice tool to see, like, where do I need to get this person to? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of, doing a holistic assessment where you're looking at so many different factors, uh, like your client there. And I've told you this before, Brat, but 
I, when I got the genetic testing done, I was obviously a carb type. I had fungal issues, uh, bacteria, um, parasites, because I was really sick with breast implants. And so I had, I was eating more keto because it made me feel good, but I was actually massively under eating because I couldn't eat large portions because I felt awful. But then if I put carbs and all those starchy, you know, foods into me, it just proliferated all the, you know, the bacterial issues that were happening. And so it was a couple of years of like fixing my gut. And then really now, I mean, I'm surprised at how many carbs I eat. I'm very, very thankful, but it's because I'm listening to my body. Exactly. And noticing, I can even notice, you know, you know, if you just, if I increase my fats a little bit and there's an accumulation over a couple of days, I start to feel heavy. I'm like, okay, like I got to back off my fats, like no red meats right now. Um, and just really I find like once you find true vitality and you find something that really works for you, you know, when you're off yeah. and you're like, okay, nope, got to rein this in here a little bit more. And I think it's important for people to understand not to take things out of context. And a lot of times when we, whether it's on social media, whether it's research papers, all these things, a lot of things sometimes get taken out of context, right? Like I had a client message me yesterday saying, I only eat green bananas because I know they're healthy. Right. But so are ripe bananas. There's a time and a place for both, you know? So I think sometimes people take things out of context. Like I did a Instagram story this morning where uh, I think someone had asked me something about gut health or whatever. And yes, probiotics are very beneficial, but I have clients who take probiotics and they are super constipated. So it's important to understand what is your system like? What do you need? Um, and while there are some general principles that are applied to everyone, if you're a human being, um, there are certain things that start becoming like, oh, okay, this I have to customize because that's how your microbiome is, or that's how your uh, bowel movements are right now, or this is how your detoxification system is right now. Yes. Um, so I think just important for people to realize that it's nice getting information, but you have to put it in the right context and then the right structure you actually see results. Yes. And that's what we're teaching in the mentorship is, hey, here's the structure. Go apply this with your clients and we guarantee it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I know for myself, I'm so passionate and why we've all come together uh, for this podcast and for the transformation mentorship to you know, teach other health and fitness professionals this information and they can teach it to their clients. Because I truly believe that knowledge is power. You know, The more that we know, the more that we can test out, the more awareness that we can have on ourselves and actually teaching clients to have awareness of their body and look for those clues and those signs and you know the red flags that are happening helps them navigate things a lot more because you're very right there. There's so many like gimmicky headlines or buzzwords and people take a lot of things out of context. Like this is really good for you. Sure. It might be good for you, but like, are there negative effects to it? Something might be really bad for you, but is it really bad for you? Or is it the quality? Is it the quantity? Is it the timing? Like there's so many variables that go into having an ideal action plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what primal pattern type are you? Protein type. Protein type. Yes. Yeah, I need red meat every day. Uh, if I eat lean protein, so that's the thing also with carb types, they prefer the lean yes. animal proteins. Uh, but yeah, if I eat lean animal proteins, I have insane cravings. Mm. Uh, but if I have like whatever, wild game, lamb, steak every day, and I can eat that like three, four times a day, I actually feel amazing doing that. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm, the, I'm the exact opposite. And so that's, that's why it's really cool. Like 
one's not right. One's not wrong. It's, you know, what is right for you? Uh, yeah. If I eat too much red meat, it's pork, well, pork makes me so heavy. It's just so fatty. Um, salmon, I can get away with salmon. Um, like a lot of salmon in a big carb meal, like, you know, some rice or some sweet potatoes with it is fine. Um, I think it's just, it, it digests a bit better than say that, that really dense, um, red meat. Uh, but yeah, just playing around to see what works. Yeah. And, and I, I will cycle through depending on right. Like right now I'm training twice a day. So I am eating a little more carbs than I usually would. Um, so again, that's, you know, going back to what I mentioned before is what do you need in the moment or during this time, most likely in the winter, uh, that will go down. My carbs may go down. I'll go back to more proteins and fats, uh, for a while. And then, you know, post winter, go back, add some more carbs, um, so even just, you know, playing with the seasons, right. Looking at what's available in, in winter. I think that's such a, a viable point as well of not getting so much in a container, right? Like, okay, here's how I'm supposed to eat. And I'm supposed to eat like this for the rest of my life. No, yeah. like if there's so many variables, your body changes, seasons change. Um, you know, it's, yeah, we need to, and that's why I love holistic conversations. Cause it's like, let's look at all the variables and all the factors and how can I choose something that's perfect for this now moment for me, um, yeah. be teaching people and how to just, it's you, you become very intuitive with eating, um, the more that you play around with your body. And it's why I love bodybuilding. Cause you could play around with the body. I got addicted to holistic health. Cause it's just such a an abyss of amazing knowledge and, and so many different factors that you can play with your health and play with your body uh, from a composition perspective. Yeah. And I think even like you said, the, you're, you become intuitive, but I think before for you to develop that intuition, I think you still need to go through a structured protocol first. So you can then go, Hey, when I did a plus B C happened. Okay. And you know, and then once you played with all those equations, then you have, then I think you can develop that intuition. Cause I also think a lot of people don't know the difference between their mind playing games and their intuition. For sure. Um, you know, I, I I've seen, I've done this where I justified fucking popcorn because, well, that's what my intuition feels like. Today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's get real here. Um, yeah. You know, so I think to develop that intuition first, people need to go, all right, let me apply what, I know to be true first in a structured way. Good. Learn about your system, create, gather wisdom first before you think about intuition. Your intuition doesn't work without knowledge and wisdom. Yes. So if you have that, then you can work with your intuition. And the other thing is also just with the seasons is also looking at like winter. And again, we were talking about this before uh, the podcast we started, we were talking about how food's so grossly available now. And I think even just looking at one of the things I'm going to implement this winter, actually I'm starting to implement it even now, is trying to do regular fasts, right? Like anything from 16 to 24 hour fast, pure fat, like a water fast even, just kind of simulating the, well, there's no food available. We went hunting and there's nothing. So I'm not eating. What do I and do? Yeah. Yeah, you know, just, I think part of it is a very, um, it's a, it's a spiritual experience because you start detaching from your uh, attachments with food and just observing like, wow, when I feel this way, I want to eat because I'm bored or I want to eat when I get sad, I want to eat because that comforts me and it makes you aware. But I think also from a metabolic standpoint, from a circadian rhythm standpoint, um, I think it just gives your system breaks like, hey, we're not just 
as much as the as nature is abundant, we genetically always had times in our life where hey, we didn't find food, right? You know, and we'd still have to I don't know carry rocks, for example, and be like, I'm hungry, but that's okay. Yeah, that's and how. It- the the devastating factor is that we are way overfed and massively undernourished. Like yeah. people are are sick and dying and eating so much food. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, you touched on, you know, grossly available food. I think that's one problem um, with North America. Another problem is, you know, corporate influences. You know, you look at you look at the marketing, you know, you look at the the grocery store shelves, like stick to the outside and and you'll have everything you need. I was standing in the grocery store the other day looking around and being like, look at all of this, like, look at all of this. And then looking like almost like chunking, like, okay, this can, this section can go, this section can go. And just how much is not (sighs) propelling our health forward at all. And so what are we being marketed? Like what's on TV, what's on radio stations? Um, What do we have available for quick foods? You know, fast foods, we'll call that. Uh, and it's just, it, it, it's, health is not promoted the way that it should be. Let's just, let's yeah, just say that. It, 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 I think the definition of health is so skewed, um, but you're right. There's so much corporate influence. It's insane. I remember a couple of years ago going into a grocery store and I looked up and the sign says health food section and it just dawned on me. So what is everything else that yeah, yeah. unhealthy food section? What is that? Right? Why do you have to have a health food section? Yeah. Why is everything not just food? Right. Right. Yeah. And I get it. Part of it is it means all the there's still processed junk food that is healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really like I stared at that sign for like two minutes. I was like, wow, this is where we are. Yes. And the corporate influence is insane. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the third problem with, with North America and our, and our eating patterns, uh, we were talking about this before we hit record, which is the you know, relationship with food. I'd love, I'd love for you to dive into that. Yeah. Um, I think, I think food is, let's even think of conditioning, right? Like how have we been introduced to food when we were babies? Cause that's really where a lot of the programming starts. Right. So a lot of times, you know, let's say if we were sad, we were told, hey, would you like a chocolate? And I'm giving some examples, but, you know, in school, if you did well, hey, we all are celebrating with a pizza or candy. Everyone got a candy. I remember in school, if you did well, hey, here's candy. Um, you know, even let's say when you go home, hey, it's your, you did well in your exams. Let's cook you a meal. So everything, like, first of all, food became a reward system instead of nourishment, right? Not too many of us were thought that, hey, this is food, this is nourishment, this is what it does for you, it's energy, how it's cooked is important. There's a reason why our mother's food is always way more delicious than a restaurant food, because there is the, whether you believe in energy and spirituality or not, but there is the intention that this goes to my kid. And there's a different vibration with that food versus someone who's a line cook. All right, next order, number 72. And it's done. There's such a different vibration to the food. And so when you think about how we are conditioned to like what food is, most of us look at it as a reward system. Most of us even look at it as even punishment in some ways, right? Like I having worked with so many people with, let's say, eating disorders, you know, they were eating because 
let's say they didn't feel good. They didn't feel loved or didn't feel seen and heard and food became this thing. But then that was, a, that created a cycle of guilt. Oh, see, this is why no one loves you. Okay, let me put my fingers down my throat and barf it all out. And this, 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 so if you just look at that, it's always programmed as a reward or a punishment. Mm. And just not enough of like, or celebration, right? Where, oh, hey, we're getting together. We have to drink, of course. How can you not drink? Yes. Right. Like that's a whole nother conversation, but it's, it's, um, we're not, most of us are not growing up thinking, Hey, let's respect the food. Let's pray for it. Let, where did the food even come from? Yeah. Right. Like even that, we don't know. We don't know what, who is it? I forget, but I remember talking to someone years and years and years ago. It was, Oh, it was one of my close friends, daughters, who she's so young, but she somehow decided she's not eating animals because she loves animals, right? Little kid. And that's great. But then she'd eat chicken. She was okay with eating chicken. And then one day her mom said, hey, that's where we get chicken from. And she showed her a real chicken on, I don't know, in, in real life or whatever. She's like, that's chicken? Oh. She's like, yeah, that's where we get the chicken from. And she started bawling because she didn't realize where the what the chicken is actually. She she thought chicken's just chicken. She didn't realize it's coming from that animal. Yeah. And then she stopped eating that, right? But a lot of us don't know where that food came from, even a slice of bread. What when what had to happen for it to be here? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we're we don't know what agriculture is. We don't know you know, what monocrop agriculture is. We don't know what the regenerative agriculture is. We're only learning it now. Thank God I'm in this field and I care for this. So I'm learning this, but I didn't grow up thinking like, for me, food was Skittles, uh, bread, butter, jam, um, you name craft, it. Craft dinner. Yeah. yeah. Rice, lentils, which were still whole foods. But back then I didn't realize it's, I'm just eating starch. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, it, I think all of these little variables, I think that's where we need a massive re-education of what food is. And I think that's why we're even doing this mentorship together, not just to tell people this is how you eat, but Hey, just to bring awareness to food itself, to bring awareness to your body and how it's reacting. What is it telling you? Um, and then looking at for me personally, the mentorship is about redefining health. Because like we said before, that word health is so freaking bastardized. It's, you know, that the thing in the wrapper on the shelf, God knows when it was manufactured, is still healthy because, well, it's a protein bar, has natural ingredients, so it's healthy, right? So for me personally, that's my mission through mentorship is redefining health and what health really is. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, over the years, you know, you, me, Joe, Ken, um, we've all been evolving of getting back to like simplicity of of eating. Um, Joe was moose hunting uh, for two weeks through October there. He's going um, deer hunting next week. We have uh, partridge in the freezer. We have rabbit. I grow our own vegetables on my tower garden. And there's something so sacred and a sense of pride of like, wow, like we're cooking something that like you, you killed this, you know, like this animal was sacrificed for our eating. And, you know, even when we eat rabbit, like everything gets eaten off at partridge, Joe's like licking the bones. And there's, there's a sense of like 
pride and accomplishment of knowing where your food is coming from, the work that you put into it. Um, and, and just, and then when you see what it takes to kill, like let's say one deer and the process of that and the meat that comes off that, and they try to keep hunting parties smaller so that everyone can get a lot of meat. And then you walk into grocery stores and it's just lines and, and packaged food. And it's a very different, uh, energy experience. Uh, yeah. yeah sense of responsibility yeah for yeah. sure and yeah. yeah you're not you're not going hunting every day so let's value this right versus yeah. hey i'll just use instacart and order my beef yes. or whatever yes right? yeah, yeah. Oh, i love these conversations we could literally sit here and, and talk all day long <laughs> uh yeah primal pattern typing is w- one of many variables that can massively help your clients uh, through this conversation, we've been mentioning the transformation mentorship. Uh, we've been mentioning assessment process, which is what the transformation mentorship is all about. We help nutritionists and trainers up-level what they do for clients, stop guessing, start assessing, start getting clear answers, uh, and holistically helping clients get back to health um, through stress-reduced fat loss. Uh, we have our next mentorship coming up in February. I'll leave a link in the show notes here if you want to check it out. If it's something that interests you, um, then you can be certified as a stress-reduced fat loss practitioner. Yes. Anything else for us today, Brad, in terms of like primal pattern? I feel like we really put a bow on this. Uh, any last words for yeah. our listeners? Oh, no, no, this is this is great. I, I, I hope more coaches listen, or even if this is you know a regular average person listening to this, I hope they got some nuggets that help them just start looking in the right direction and maybe even just take one step, you know, in that direction. And that's, that would be fantastic. Yes. Wonderful. Thanks for the conversation, Brad. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at transformation mentorship and better yet, take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to stories Tag us and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.